It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello and welcome. You're watching Destination Draft Day. I'm your host, Michael Rockman, here to talk to you all things Big Ten. Today we are going to be talking about the top prospects in the Big Ten, some sleepers that you can watch out for, and some predictions, all according to me, Michael Rockman. I hope everyone's having a good Friday. We're going to try to have an even more enjoyable one through the next hour, so stick around and we're going to have all things coming in. If you are trying to interact yourself, be sure to leave some comments in the comment section. We are streaming across YouTube. Facebook and Twitch at LandryFootball.com as well later on for the podcast. If you are trying to interact at all, whether it's through Twitter at MR underscore NFL draft or just through the comment section now, just let me know and uh, we can talk football anytime. So first and foremost, when it comes to the Big Ten, obviously there's been this powerhouse of Ohio State that's kind of ran the conference for the past few seasons and with Justin Fields gone I think a lot of people are starting to get optimistic about the chance to potentially steal one now obviously it's not like Ohio State is just talent ridden after Justin Fields and many other pieces have departed but you know CJ Stroud is the likely starter and we haven't seen him on the field yet potentially Ohio State could have a little bit of a down year and that really opens up the Big Ten entirely now if I were to predict it You'll see later, but really, I I still believe in Ohio State to be the powerhouse of this conference, but that doesn't mean that these other schools shouldn't try their best to really get their chance at stealing this title. Now, first and foremost, we're going to talk about this from a draft perspective, so we're going to talk about the top prospects of the Big Ten, and that is going to start out with quarterback out of Purdue, Jack Plummer. This is going to be someone that I think is going to rise up boards. I'm just going to say it first and foremost. This isn't meant to be disrespect to Kyle Trask, but Jack Plummer is what people wanted Kyle Trask to be. He's very accurate. He has phenomenal touch, great frame at 6'5", 220 pounds. He only played in three games last season, which is a major issue. He needs to be more durable this year. But if you turn on his Minnesota game, turn on his Nebraska game, turn on even his Rutgers game, there's plenty of great passes, great touch, great ability that is going to really, I think, continue to elevate as the season goes along. I remember watching Jack Plummer a few bit, a few years back and saying, okay, I like his arm talent. He has a terrible offensive line, and he doesn't handle that well. I'll probably like him as a late-round guy when the time comes. 
after watching his 2020 tape, which again is limited because of the amount of games the Big Ten played and how many games Jack Plummer played, he was so much better at handling pressure. He did a phenomenal job of really getting the ball off on time, making a clean delivery, and being able to really create plays downfield with very impressive arm talent. Now, there's issues in his game. He's stiff in his lower body. His hip torque overall is just not there. He's not very mobile. It's weird when you watch the games, uh, the broadcast crew talks about Jack Plummer, the mobile one, when they're talking about the quarterbacks for Purdue. And I don't see mobility. I know O'Connell's not necessarily the most mobile quarterback either, so it's not a huge race. But I do think that Jack Plummer is not necessarily very mobile for today's NFL. He does a lot in terms of just trying to get himself a clean delivery. He does well processing. But there's still some issues uh, in that regard as well. He, he needs to work on his timing as a thrower. He can be a little late throwing the ball outside of breaks. So Plummer is someone to keep an eye on. The Big Ten quarterback pool for draft-eligible prospects. There's guys, obviously, you know, Michael Penix is someone that's getting a lot of hype. Guys like Graham Mertz, guys like Talia Tagovailoa are getting the attention. But at the same time, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a very high caliber class for quarterback talent when it comes to their perceived draft prospect status. So that's why I'm going with Plummer here. Based on what I've seen on film, that's who I'm most confident in if I were to really look at someone as a prospect. And I think he's shown enough that we could see some potential rise out of him whenever the time comes. At running back, we got Muhammad Ibrahim, the running back out of Minnesota, a redshirt senior going to be a key piece to the Gophers if they plan on getting back into bowl eligibility. We saw some great plays out of him over his career at Minnesota. Talks that he was going to declare last year, I think going back is understandable. I think Minnesota really was a bit disappointed with the overall outcome of their season this year. Full off season to really get going. They have some great pieces on their overall roster. I'm really impressed with their defense. I think the front seven has plenty of returning pieces. And I think if Minnesota is going to be bowl eligible, if Minnesota is going to be a strong team, you know, obviously you can talk about Tanner Morgan, you can talk about Ottman Ball and stuff, but Ibrahim's going to be the absolute key piece of this offense and of this team. And I think he's going to be in for a big season. At wide receiver, the top prospect is Garrett Wilson. Ohio State really has some of the most impressive wide receiver prospects on their roster, whether it's guys that are going to be this year or guys that are going to be down the line. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to be probably either day one or day two picks in this NFL draft. I really like Garrett Wilson. I think he's very likely going to be a first-round pick. He's quick out of his breaks. He really has the size to play inside or outside. I think he's most likely going to be best on the inside at the next level, but he has the overall fluidity to really survive at either spot. And I think he's got really nice hands, really nice uh, release off the line. And that's going to lead some to some big games for a young quarterback like Stroud. You really need some weapons that you can depend on and having Garrett Wilson as one of your weapons is an absolute plus at tight end. We're talking about Jake Ferguson, the redshirt senior out of Wisconsin, Put up three touchdowns against Illinois last year to start off the season, and really I thought he was going to take off from there. He slowed down a bit. Obviously, anyone's probably going to slow down from a three-touchdown performance, but he only put up one more touchdown over the course of the season. Put up 305 yards in total. Didn't ever really top that 72-yard performance. Had seven catches against Northwestern, but really that Wisconsin team sort of had a cold slump that started to stall the entire offensive production. Jake Ferguson, though, is someone that I think is very dependable as a receiving weapon, shows some nice athleticism, nice movement. 
I think there's some sleepers in this tight end class that really could potentially move up the board when the time comes. You look around at the Big Ten, and while there's not a lot of top-end prospects at the tight end spot compared to maybe the rest of the class, I do think that there are some nice pieces out there. You look at Durham out of Purdue. I think he's a sleeper. Uh, You look at some of the other options around the league. Luke Ford out of uh, Illinois was a five-star prospect and could potentially get some time. Daniel Barker obviously has held that starting job for a reason. He's very talented as well. So there's some talent out here, but Jake Ferguson's number one on my list. At the offensive line position, I'm going with Tyler Linderbaum, senior out of Iowa. Really someone that was projected to be a first-round pick last year. Returns to school. Now, obviously, there's risk of maybe becoming the Tyler Beattis type where he's hyped and then returns to school, has a down year, and then falls back in the class. But really, Linderbaum shows plenty of potential and talent that I'm confident in in what he can do from a play-to-play basis. And really, I think he's going to have another strong season for Iowa. He's the leader of this offensive line, a little bit undersized at the position. You know, he's not 300 pounds yet, or at least not listed at 300 pounds. So maybe he could add a little bit of weight, but I think he makes up for it with just overall play strength and fluidity as a blocker. That'll really help him become a dominant piece for whatever NFL team is lucky enough to land him. On the defensive line, now I might be cheating a little bit here. I'm going with George Karlaftis. For me, I think he's a down lineman regardless. Um, I think he could survive in a stand-up role, but you're still looking at using him in like a big 3-4 than you are in maybe a traditional 3-4 where he's off ball but still rushing the passer. So really, George Karlaftis is someone that I think has not gotten enough enough love, and really he's still getting plenty of love. He's talked about as almost a lock first-round pick. But for me, I look at him as a top-five pick. And I think he's that talented. He reminds me of the dominance that we've seen out of guys like Joey Bosa as a prospect. And I think he's going to continue to build on that with another season with Purdue. I think he's going to absolutely tear things up and he's going to put together a tremendous season. I think Purdue is going to be in for a little bit of a surprise year. I really like coach Brom. I really like some of the pieces around on this roster, assuming that Karlaftis can put together a great year. I think Purdue is going to be in for a surprise season. And for Karlaftis, I think he's just going to reap the benefits and be a top pick come season end. At the edge spot, you know, there's plenty of guys we could have talked about. We got Moff out of Minnesota, Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State, but we're going with Tyreek Smith's teammate, Zach Harrison, the junior out of Ohio State, an athletic phenom, 6'6", 250 pounds, really has everything you can want, but he's very raw as a prospect, still needs a lot of development. And I think that's going to be the big issue for him. Can he continue to grow as a prospect in terms of technical stuff. Now, I think he can. Uh, Right now, when it's the offseason, I'm going to be more hyped on potential than I necessarily am going to be on just the overall product that's on the field. That's not to say Zach Harrison's just terrible or something, and he's no longer going to be this top QB, but I do think that there's plenty of potential for Zach Harrison to really develop his game and become a top player in this class Will he be a first-rounder? It really is going to depend on how high his production is. Overall, though, there's plenty of potential there. I think he runs in the four sixes, maybe low or maybe high four fives. But really, if Zach Harrison can put it together like many Ohio State edge rushers before him, then he's going to get plenty of love come draft season. At the linebacker spot, we're going with Jack Campbell. Phenomenal frame and just an absolute dominant piece for the Iowa defense. Front seven for Iowa, I think, is going to be very interesting this year. Obviously, the loss of Davion Nixon and Chauncey Golston could be huge, but pieces like Jack Campbell coming in at that linebacker unit 
are going to have to pick up the lost pieces, and I think Campbell could very well do that. He moves around very well for his size. I think he offers a tremendous range. While he's not necessarily the most fluid in coverage, I think he can handle shallow zones and stuff like that, which is common for a lot of defenses. You know, They don't want to put too much pressure on the linebacker. So if you can get guys that are still athletic, offer plenty of size, that's absolutely a great thing, and Jack Campbell absolutely provides that. At the cornerback spot, we got Joey Porter Jr., redshirt sophomore out of Penn State, a tremendously long corner that I think could really be someone that's talked about as a first-rounder if he does end up uh, declaring and if he does end up having the season that I think he's capable of. Last year, redshirt freshman, so obviously plenty of inconsistencies in his game, but he offered so much fluidity as a corner, great hips, great footwork, great length, really I think that Joey Porter Jr. is going to be someone that is talked about as the season goes along, or at least just kept close eyes on because the star talent is very much there. But with a season like 2020, we could see where he maybe just continues to have this season almost as a developmental year. And then we see him more talked about in that 2023 class where he's gotten more development and more time to really truly work on his craft. But, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Joey Joey Porter Jr. make a big jump in this season because there's just so much talent there so much ability i think he runs low four fives and i think he offers you know a i already talked about but tremendous frame adding a little bit of weight would be huge for him right now i think he's about 193 at six two but if he can add a little bit of weight a little bit of physicality to his game he could be one of the top corners in the class and maybe maybe the top corner off the board at safety, we're going with Nick Cross out of Maryland, a junior that really started out the season on a bad note. He was benched early on in the season because Coach Loxley was not happy with his effort. And from then on, he really just took the next step for that defense. He was very consistent, very well-rounded. He plays more of the strong safety spot, but I think you're looking at a guy that is going to be one of those versatile secondary pieces. I really love what he can do for Maryland and for this overall team. You look around for – Safeties in this class, and really there's so many pieces. Brandon Joseph, uh, Dax Hill, there's just many pieces in this Big Ten Conference that really could step up and be the top safety when the time comes. But Nick Cross, for me, is the top guy, and I'm absolutely confident in that. I really think he's going to be in for a big season, starting full-time this year as a leader of that defense. I think Maryland is another team that's going to have a very big improvement from last year and be bowl eligible and really look to – capitalize on some of their very talented pieces that they have around the roster. Now, last week, we just went straight from the top prospects to predictions for the Big Ten, but this time we're going to be doing some sleepers just to make up for some of the lost time. No Nick Durst here, so really going to add a little bit. We cut the show short last time anyway, so I think it's a great opportunity. Oh, is that Aiden O'Connell? Ah, that's embarrassing. Really huge L for the Destination Draft Day graphic team. We're going to have to fire those guys. That's ridiculous. Uh, I'm the graphic guy, so big L on my end. Sorry about that. That is O'Connell. Man, that's embarrassing. All right. Anyway, top sleepers of the Big Ten. Quarterback Anthony Russo coming from Temple to Michigan State is going to be my sleeper at the quarterback spot. Now, here's the thing. Do I think Anthony Russo is going to be this rising prospect? Probably not, but... When the other QBs in this class are guys like Graham Mertz, who was one of the top recruits in his class, probably the top pocket passing quarterback, I believe. And then Tua Tagovailoa's brother, Talia, 
out of Maryland. Those are the two guys I think are kind of next up. Michael Penix as well, who's already gotten way too much hype in my mind to be considered a sleeper. And then after that, it's just a lot of QBs that are either not there yet as a prospect or just not there in terms of eligibility. So Anthony Russo is kind of one of the only guys that fits the sleeper mold that has the talent that I think could be an NFL QB. If he puts together a strong season at Michigan State, I think we could be looking at this guy as a potential day three guy. Great frame. I think he has some nice velocity on his passes. Showed some nice ability at Temple. There's a reason Michigan State went out and got this guy. And if Michigan State is able to have sort of a bounce back season, maybe not you know the the ten win seasons that they had for a little bit there, but maybe if they're able to get back to around that six and six mark or seven and five, then Anthony Russo deserves tremendous credit for that. And I think we can see some love go his way in the draft process as well. At running back, we're going with Tyler Goodson out of Iowa. This is someone that I've been watching a little bit because I did a Big Ten preview for Lindy Sports. And really, I enjoyed his film. He's 5'10", 200 pounds, 4'5", time, I expect, maybe 4'5", five, five, somewhere in that range. A junior, so declaration is kind of questionable especially with the Iowa group but there's plenty of opportunity for Goodson to put together a strong season Iowa really tremendous end to the season last year started out a little shaky and there were question marks about really how bad it was going to be but that team responded in a phenomenal fashion ending the season on a strong streak of winning I think it was six in a row I think they lost the first two and then won six straight absolutely promising for the rest of 2021 as they now come into it with major confidence. If Petrus can continue to grow his game, then Iowa could be a very scary unit that comes out of that Big Ten West. At wide receiver, Dante Demas Jr. out of Maryland is someone that I've really enjoyed watching. And really, that entire Maryland wide receiver unit is pretty impressive. Talia Tagovailoa is going to have a very good offense in his hands if he can take advantage of that and make the most of it, then we could be talking about Maryland as a sleeper team that's really improved quite a bit from their past season. You look around at what Dante Demas can do, and he's really just a tremendous athlete. He puts together some great highlight plays. He can get up with the best of them. He has a tremendous vertical, 6'3", 217 pounds, put together 24 catches, 365 yards, and four touchdowns last season. Again, with the Big Ten, they weren't playing a bunch of games. He only played in five. So that's why those stats may seem a little lower than your usual, you know, 60 yard seat or 60 reception season, but very good year for Dante Demas. And in his next season coming up, I expect some continued results. I have junior there on the graphic. It's actually senior. So apologies about that, but definitely a prospect to keep an eye on and someone that I think could rise up draft boards because of his combine and athleticism and also just his overall production on the field as well. At tight end, we got Brenton Strange, the tight end out of Penn State. Redshirt sophomore, obviously Pat Firmuth going to the NFL, and now Penn State looks next in line at their tight end spot. I really liked his tape against Illinois, and that was only that was the only game I was able to get on him because just a limited amount of Big Ten tape out there overall. But what I saw out of him as a prospect, I think there's plenty of potential. Now, will he declare with only one year as the Penn State tight end? It would really just depend, but most likely no. But there's plenty of star talent here. He moves around the field extremely well. Great fluidity. I think he has high effort as a blocker. He still very much needs work in that regard. But I think he absolutely can become a very good one. He shows the effort. He has the frame for it. You're looking at what he can do 
in terms of just pure size. And he's 6'3", 248, so he offers plenty at the college level, and I think that's definitely fine enough for the pro level as well. And, you know, really, Penn State has Jahan Dotson at wide receiver, who's going to be one of the top wide receiver prospects in this class. But if they can get Brenton Strange contributing in the pass game as well, Devin Ford in the run game, then that offense could really turn things around and Penn State could have a nice bounce back season as well. On the offensive line, we're talking about Caden Wallace, redshirt sophomore out of Penn State as well. And, you know, a lot of talk goes to Rasheed Walker, the offensive tackle for Penn State. I'm going to go on record right now and say that Rasheed Walker is the second best tight end or second best offensive tackle on the Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm a huge Caden Wallace fan. Limited reps. So it's obviously a lot of projection, but projection is my middle name. And I'm very much buying into the potential of Caden Wallace. I think he has great movement skills, great hands, very nice punch. And I think he offers a tremendous base. The size is something that I think could come into question when he does get the attention necessary. I think maybe he's a little bit smaller than his listed measurements for Penn State, but still very much a guy that I think is going to come in and have a tremendous season and really put his name on the map for draft prospects. I think he could be someone that rises up boards if he decides to be a 23 prospect, maybe a 24 prospect then we'll, we'll really dive in deeper when that time comes. But really someone that I think could be a surprise splash for this draft class. On the defensive side of things, at defensive line, we got Chris Hinton Jr. out of Michigan. The 300-pound product for Michigan is someone that I think really pops off on tape, 6'4", 305. I think he runs under 5-second 40 time, really offers tremendous strength. He gets into the backfield pretty well. Michigan overall just wasn't super productive in terms of sack numbers last year, but Hinton really showed some nice ability to win his matchup at the line. I think with some more development, more time, he is going to be in for a big season. Obviously, you know, there's talks about Hutchinson already on that defensive line, but I think Hinton is going to be in for a big season as well. At the edge spot, talking about Adisa Isaac, I was not able to watch a ton of film on him as well. Just a lack of Penn State film that, is at my availability, but the one game I was able to watch, he showed some nice ability. Obviously, with Shaka Tony and Jace Noah, there's just not a lot of opportunity for him to get on the field, but there's been plenty of hype about Adisa Isaac coming out of Penn State camp and just reports surrounding him. A lot of people really love his upside and potential. I think that is someone to really keep an eye on as well. Again, I haven't gotten to watch a ton of tape, so if you're looking for a full-on analysis, I can't offer it to you, and I sincerely apologize but it is someone that plenty of people have been talking about plenty of people have been hyping up whether it's coaches reporters uh fans of the team fans outside of the team they're just kind of following penn state adisa isaac has seemed to get a lot of attention so keep an eye out for him to put together a great season at linebacker mariana sora Mar- sorry marin is someone that i really enjoyed on the minnesota tape that i was able to watch 6'3, 245 pounds so offers a great frame Going to be a senior this season, someone that I think really just did it all for Minnesota last year. 54 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. He had three broken up passes and a forced fumble. In the Michigan game that I watched, I really enjoyed what he was able to do. I think he's probably a shallow zone guy because of his frame. I think he has some issues in terms of just overall fluidity, but he handles range pretty solidly. I think he can cover the shallow areas and he can move sideline to sideline in the run game. Look for Mariano, Mariano, sorry, Rome, Jesus. 
Mariano Sori Marin as a linebacker that could really step up and be a guy that we, we're talking about as a day three safe option for teams that really are looking for those big linebackers in this class. At cornerback, we're talking about Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska. Nebraska, obviously plenty of attention this offseason with the issues with the McCaffreys, the rumors about Scott Frost on the hot seat, but there's still some pieces on this roster that I think could absolutely contribute, and Cam Taylor Britt is one of my top pieces for this class, uh, for this team at least. Senior out of Nebraska, offers great size, 200 pounds, six foot. I think he's someone that really – Shows plenty of ability. I think he's going to run in the mid four fives. He's a physical corner, but he offers plenty in terms of just overall fluidity as well. I think what you're looking for in these corners, uh, Cam Taylor really checks a bunch of boxes. So Nebraska, maybe not the greatest season ahead, but Cam Taylor should be a very nice bright spot for the team. And then at safety, strong safety prospect, Xavier Henderson out of Michigan State, 6'1", 210 pounds, another guy that I expect to be in the mid four fives someone that I think could really contribute at that next level in the NFL. I think he offers tremendous physicality, really made a lot of plays for Michigan State. It was kind of concerning how many plays just broke free to the secondary, but Xavier Henderson was able to do very nicely in cleanup duty, showed some nice coverage skills as well. I think there's still some issues in his overall range, probably never going to be a guy that you're looking to play single high, really fills in that strong safety spot though. And I think, with the proper season, you know, a nice development season, growing his skill set, we could be talking about Xavier Henderson as a day three pick that really contributes in the NFL. So now let's get to it. The predictions for the Big Ten, the expectations for what will happen. Out of the East, we're going to go with Ohio State to take it. And out of the West, we're going with Iowa. They'll meet up in the Big Ten. And I don't know, I forgot to put Big Ten Championship, so again, apologies there. But I got Ohio State taking it. I have one loss for Ohio State. I think in the first year under Stroud, there's going to be a little bit of a slip-up somewhere along the schedule. Maybe it's that Oregon game. Maybe they lose a game to Indiana without having as much momentum, and Indiana obviously very driven to come back and win that one. But overall, I think Ohio State still steals the conference, still takes over, and has a great year. Player of the year, I'm going with C.J. Stroud. Offensive player of the year as well. I think while there's obviously not much to base it off of outside of just hype surrounding his name, I think Ohio State is putting him in a great position with Master Teague and great wide receivers surrounding him, great tight ends as well, an offensive line that should be very strong. You're looking at Ohio State to really just be a very great offense for C.J. Stroud, and C.J. Stroud just has to do his job well, and things should get flowing very easily. On the defensive side of things, I got George Karlaftis taking the defensive player of the year. I think he's going to be in for a big season. Purdue's going to rise up a little bit. Looking at bowl-eligible teams, Ohio State talked about a little bit already. I think they're going to be a team that puts together a great season, maybe has one slip-up, whether that's against Oregon or maybe a little bit of an upset game. I think Ohio State is still going to be a playoff team. Iowa gets out of the West. I think that six-game win streak to end the season really spoke to me in terms of voting confidence on them, plenty of talent and ability there. If they can continue to build on that and just continue to play strong, maybe don't slip up so much outside of the gates or starting out of the gates, they could be in for a big season. Now, talking about Iowa real quick, they have a tough start to the season. Indiana week one, Iowa State week two. Those are two very big games. They get two nice, you know, Kent State, Colorado State, maybe not easy matchups, but definitely a lot less of a matchup. 
But then Maryland and Penn State, two teams that I think could very much pose some competition to Iowa. So it's not going to be easy for the Hawkeyes to really get out and get going as easily as you'd hope as a Hawkeye fan, but still very much a strong squad that I'm confident in will put together a good season. I got Indiana being the third best team out of the Big Ten. I think they're going to be a team that really shows a lot of promise. You know, Michael Penix is a great college football quarterback. You look around at Ty Freifogel, who's a great wide receiver. You know, Hendershot's a nice tight end. There's some pieces on this team that really could put together a strong season for Indiana. I'm not confident enough to say that they could beat Ohio State. I don't think that they're going to win the East or win the Big Ten, but I do think Indiana's in for a big season, especially with Penix getting injured last year. I think there's a little bit of chip on the shoulder to really complete the strong season, but Indiana should be in for a big one. Wisconsin's next, and I think that they are in for a good season as well. You look at Graham Mertz to really take some steps forward. You know, obviously Jake Ferguson on that team. The run game, I think, is the big question mark there. Can they finally get it going a lot more efficiently than before? I think they will, and I think Wisconsin in turn will put together a strong season, finish around fourth in the Big Ten. At fifth, I'm really confident in Maryland. I really love Talia, you know, Dante Demas, Deshaun Jones. Uh, there's just so many pieces on this team that I think could really put together a strong year. I love the defensive side of things as well. They really have plenty of depth on that defensive line, front seven, and then, you know, guys like Nick Cross in that secondary I think are going to be huge for their defensive success as well. I like Minnesota. I think they're going to bounce back a little bit as well. P.J. Fleck, a very uh, talented coach. I think Tanner Morgan is going to get the job done at the college football level. Uh, you know, Ibrahim's obviously a very talented running back. Ottman Ball's a great receiver. The defense, I think, has plenty of pieces that could potentially contribute. Boya Mafa is going to be a dominant defensive end. We talked about Soriano Marin. There's pieces on this defense and just on this overall roster for Minnesota to get back into that bowl picture and really just put together a great season. Penn State is another team that I'm going with. I think James Franklin is a very talented coach. A little bit of a hot seat just because maybe the sour of last season is still on people's tongue, but I think James Franklin is a very strong coach that will continue to stick around Penn State. He offers plenty as a coach and he brings in talent nonstop, you know, Finish the season off strong, similar to Iowa, obviously not the same with five losses in a row and then winning the last four. I think Penn State will get things going in this 2021 season with hopefully a lot more promise and a much better start to the season as well. The next team I got is Michigan. I think Harbaugh is going to be on the hot seat and I'm not sure a low level bowl bid saves him, but I do think that Michigan is able to get into the bowl eligibility picture last year, obviously not the greatest of seasons. They were sixth in their division and really just overall, they finished four or two and four with wins coming against Minnesota in week one, and then a triple overtime win against Rutgers. So not the greatest of fashion for the season, but I do think Michigan has a little bit of a bounce back year, gets things going a bit and really Harbaugh, We'll just see what happens. It, it seems like every year we're speculating if Harbaugh will be Michigan's coach after the season. So this time I'm just going to say I don't know, and we'll see. And then the last team, I think Purdue is able to get on this picture because I think they really have plenty of pieces around the roster to get things done. You know, we talked about Plummer. We talked about Carlaftis. David Bell obviously is a very talented receiver. 
There's pieces like Greg Long on the offensive line. Xander Horvath is one of the better running backs in the Big Ten. While he's not this typical running back that's going to break off for big plays, he picks up four yards pretty consistently, and I think that's big, especially for an offense with you know young pieces surrounding it. So really, Horvath should be in for a big season. And Purdue, I think, is going to be good enough to really get in that six-win, seven-win, maybe eight-win range if things are really clicking. So that's what I got for the Big Ten talk. Obviously, there's plenty of question marks surrounding it. What's going to happen with C.J. Stroud? What's going to happen with Michigan, with Nebraska, you know, with their head coaches? Really, in this situation, I think that we could see Scott Frost get fired. I think Nebraska's kind of not panned out as well as people were hoping with Scott Frost being brought in. Adrian Martinez is a young piece for that team or not young piece, but a veteran piece for that team that I think has to really put together a huge season because there's just not a lot of weapons there. And I just think Nebraska is not set up for success. The big snub I think on my end is Northwestern. You know, obviously they just came out and won their division last year, this year though, a lot of young pieces, a lot of pieces that have left for the NFL or just graduated. So while there's pieces like Brandon Joseph on that defense, I just don't trust Northwestern as a squad. I don't think they have enough pieces to really put together a great season. I love Coach Fitzgerald. I think he's one of the best coaches in college football. I think if his time came that he went on to coach the NFL, he would absolutely do a phenomenal job. But just right now with what Northwestern has on the roster, I think it's going to be a down year. And I think that's okay. Obviously, no one's going to be clamoring to get Fitzgerald fired. But I think with the – cycle that Northwestern kind of went on. They had so many pieces that left after this year, you know, younger pieces like Newsom also departed as well with plenty of seniors on the roster that were just done with football in terms of, you know, getting onto a practice squad at the NFL gang draft at the NFL, or maybe just being done with college altogether. So I think there's going to be a lot of roster overturn. Some players entered the transfer portal that could have been huge for their season. And because of that, I'm just not super confident in Northwestern being a team that can really, you know, compete in this Big Ten for this season. And I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, if Fitzgerald gets it done, I would absolutely love to see it because he's a great coach and Northwestern's a fun team to watch for me, honestly. But we'll see what happens personally. I'm not super bought in. Uh, you know, looking around at the rest of the conference, there's teams like Illinois that I think has some potential. But right now, Brett Belima first year, I think there's going to be a lot of experimental stuff on the offense and in terms of, what we see out of that offense, I think it's going to be some question marks. I like the defense. I think there's some pieces, but, you know, losing pieces like Nate Hobbs is still going to create some question marks as well. So Illinois, I think first year of Brett Belima is not going to result in a bowl appearance. Maybe the last team I think that I haven't talked about is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And obviously, you know, Greg Schiano, great coach, shown plenty of promise. And there were some nice moments for Rutgers last year but I still think that there's plenty of work to be done. He's putting together some very nice recruiting classes that I think will be huge for the future of Rutgers football. But right now, I think there's one more year where we're just not going to see Rutgers in the bowl picture. And I apologize to all my Scarlet Knight fans out there. I know we got plenty out there. So here we got a comment. Rutgers, very much a, uh, a disrespect on the destination draft day. And here, Nick Durst would be, Furious if I left out Rutgers because he's a huge fan as well. 
he's got him going to the national championship. You just know it. But really, that's all I got for the Big Ten. Obviously, a little bit shorter even today. I think I flew through it a little too quickly. But that's all I got, so we're going to cut it a little short today. That's Destination Draft Day. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, let me know on Twitter at MR underscore NFL Draft if you have any thoughts on the Big Ten or anything college football related. Next uh, Monday, we're going to be talking about Big 12. Really excited for that one. And then on Friday, we're going to be talking about the Pac-12. Similar things. Nick will most likely be back. If not, we're going to have people that will step in. We're going to find some co-hosts. Got some people on Twitter and social media that really dive into this stuff as well. And I'd love to bring them on. Um, yeah, so real quick, just want to say thank you to everyone who's tuning in. Thank you to everyone in the comment section. Thank you to crystallandryfootball.com for the platform. We're going to have our podcast uploaded later if you want to re-listen on the website. But that's all for now. Have a great weekend and take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.